I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings. We are here. But you should keep we saying be? that as where else would we be? Like, oh, Mark, I love you. Oh, you know, we are, we are what we are. And uh, oh my gosh, this is a wonderful, you know, we're getting we're we're into full spring now. We are uh, you know, the holidays are flying by as the TikToks, you know, just of, of the clock uh, the of the grand year circle is going. It's wonderful. I, I wasn't sure if you're talking about like the TikTok app. I wasn't sure. No, exactly I know. I realized you were I said going that, with that, and I realized that's what people think of TikTok now. When I still uh-huh. think of clock, so you know, I'm I'm old, people. I'm old. I'm sorry. So, okay. yeah. No, you're just you know well formed. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. I think of the Kesha song TikTok. Oh, okay. Same. Same. Oh, hi, Callie. How are you? <laughs> I'm Thanks good. Hi. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. wanted to mention that. That's it. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll go back to my cave. Well, that's okay. We have uh, who let the producer out? I okay. don't know. I don't know. This is this is crazy. But so uh, I know you're gonna fangirl over this episode. Oh, Mark. oh my gosh! So yeah, I'm. I, so I need to get our breaking news out of the way before you go into full fangirl. No one can get a word in edgewise. We so have, we have breaking news. Well, we have breaking news for all the cool people that like cool things. All right, let's so, take the song. So here we go. Disney has teased that the hat box ghost is coming to the haunted mansion. Oh, yes. Yes. I love the hat box. Which which, he's already in the haunted mansion at Disneyland. Yeah. No, it's at the Magic Kingdom, whatever, at the uh, Disney Disney World. World. Oh, I was saying, because he's at a couple of them now, but oh, they're bringing him back. There is, but what's interesting about this wonderful ghost when you guys see him, and I think he should now be our mascot, is he looks decidedly like the hat man. Oh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And so I think, you know, for people who get triggered into, you know, sleep paralysis and stuff like that, this is going to be tons of fun for them (laughs) when they go through this ride because they'll see him maybe not think of anything when they first see him and then what will happen they'll be like laying down that night and the demons will come so i i gotta say when the original bride at the old haunted mansion when it was just the beating heart and it was just like just the bridal veil and just all dark that was the creepiest thing in the haunted mansion and now she's all digital and i think it's less i think it's less effective you know what's interesting is that i was going to bring up that maybe she's the lady in white so maybe she and the hat box ghost are dating just oh, like the hat man uh, and the ladies are, in white you are shipping them so hard callie this no, is what listen, i do <laughs> listen we have evidentiary proof that has absolutely no basis in anything real that they are together exactly so, thank you, you know Erica. What? You know what? <laughs> Get on the right side, Mark. Get on the right damn side of this argument. Hey, does that mean the little girl ghost is their kid? I mean, what does yes. that mean? Okay, first of all, I'm <laughs> trying to escalate this. We're only all talking right. about those two. Because now I'm thinking Adam's family, you know, that how they all mesh, you know, so I'm, I'm doing the whole tree here. That would explain quite a bit. Not going to lie. That would explain a lot, but it's true. I, I don't know how real that is. Um, 
but now we will let you. So it, anyway, they actually have, um, obviously all year round, they have the haunted house, but one of the things they do is now they're doing like a mid-year spooky festival to have an excuse to do Halloween twice, which oh, yeah, I'm on board. Call it Halloween. Yeah, half a ween. We could do half a ween many, many times. I'm yeah, fine. We do it, we do every do it all May. So. I wish we could rename it. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I think it needs something. <laughs> I think yeah. it just should just be called Spooky. Yeah, what, what's what's the one in uh, uh, Gravity Falls? Summer ween. Summer ween. Summer Which ween. is still not great. I don't like the abbreviation that we've been doing with ween. Like yeah, if uh, we could do any other words. Okay, so, yeah. You're not, that'd be not great. a ween fan. No. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Anyway, all right. Enough of this. Enough of this. Our, our guests our this episode, and they have been waiting patiently in the wings here. Um, and you've already heard them a little bit, uh, but not really their voice. Uh, but you've heard their talent as they are our intro music maker our intro to commercial music maker, our outro to, uh, you know, from commercials, and our wonderful end credits. They've done so much music uh, for me. In the past, they helped my old TV show. They did the theme songs for that. Uh, and of course, I am talking about the incredibly talented Destiny Beard uh, of Destiny Beard Music. And they are joining us because they have some spooky stories to tell us. And I am excited more in more ways than one. So welcome, okay. Destiny Beard. I was yes. gonna say welcome, Destiny. Mark's gonna get, just keep talking about you. This entire episode is gonna be <laughs> the accolades of Destiny Beard. Episode whatever number we're on. My, like, I'm not gonna be able to fit through my bedroom door because my ego is gonna like swell my head up. I'm gonna be like, well, that's it. I'm stuck here for the day. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So Destiny, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. And so Mark. Don't forget to let her talk when you're talking about how amazing she is because this fangirlness. I hope people show up to events and fangirl this hard over us. That's what I'm hoping <laughs> happens. Because anyway, okay, Mark, go ahead and ask the questions. All right. Well, Destiny, you got started. Uh, you know, you, you, it's a family business for you of of like Renaissance Festival and art and all this stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the family business first. So, so family business, um, it's kind of funny because I like to tease, uh, people that come to our shows. They basically say, you know, so this is what you do for a living. And I basically give them the worst description of my job. I basically say, I get dressed up weird and I sell art in the middle of the woods. That's just how I describe my job. And it's great because people kind of give me a look like, well, that's accurate, but that's weird. I'm like, yeah, I know it is. Um, but yeah, so I work um, with my dad. Uh, he is um, fantasy artist Ed Beard Jr. He's done work for D&D, Magic the Gathering, Lord of the Rings, um, over 40 years. And I basically have grown up going to these Renaissance fairs and art conventions and gaming conventions. And now I've sort of taken over the business and I bark orders and tell them what to do and tell them how to sell things. And <laughs> I've sort of taken the lead on this going, all right, I'm in charge now. You paint the pretty pictures and I'll go sell them. <laughs> Man, that's so weird. Managing your dad, I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm filled with chocolate chip cookies and chocolate milk, we're good. As long as that just keeps free flowing, we're fine. <laughs> that's this one, but with unsweet tea and lemonade. Yeah. Fair, fair. Yep. <laughs> well, yes, so- 
you let's describe for anybody not list not not listening anybody not listening for anybody wow i'm fine i'm super pretty today. this isn't drinking with authors erica you know yeah, it's too early you know what don't tell me what to do mark <laughs> you are not the boss of me and Cal- kelly is the boss of me on this show all right, you all are right. not all right um but what I was going to say is, let's describe a little bit what a Ren Fair is, because there are people, believe it or not, not on this call, because we've all been there, done that, and have costumes, that don't know what a Ren Fair is. So best way I can describe a Ren Fair, um, they're always outdoor festivals. Um, basically, take medieval times, King Arthur, all that sort of fantasy, mix in some fairies and pirates and even steampunk some weekends um have a bunch of tents some really cool buildings basically like you're walking onto the set of either um like a quest for camelot meets like a king arthur movie and that basically gives you the idea of a renaissance fair um or basically a live action role play of D, basically all day where you can interact with different actors you can watch jousting um, and then there's these marketplaces where we sell our wares and you can basically immerse yourself in the medieval era. And they usually have events and they have amazing food. By the way, if you want some of the best turkey legs you will ever have in your life, Renaissance <laughs> fairs, I feel, are the place to go get oh, them. By oh, the yeah. way, I'm a big fan. Um, I actually have a destiny there, story. You can drink mead there, which is usually just really cheap beer. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I have a destiny story, I think. I think oh, a destiny story. Oh. Because I think I bought a CD of yours. You have CDs of your music, correct? I do. I have two. Yep. Yes, I own them. And I oh, bought nice. them at a Renaissance fair from you. And they're signed. So, Mark. You have met them. You have met them before. I, you know, I was wondering, too, because when you were talking, I was looking at you. I'm like. Why does she look familiar? That makes sense now. So I remember, because I when I went and I got these things from you, I bought them. Um, what was interesting to me was I was there and the people I was with, like, you're at a Ren fair buying music CDs. Yes. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking buying music CDs. Whatever. Been on it my works. playlist, There's- for my writing playlist for a really long time because of that. So here well, you go, Mark. I'm going to say where, where I met Destiny was that um, I was running, you know, we were running Hellview Cemetery of my haunted attraction in my backyard for a long time. And we always looking for new music uh, to put in the haunt. We were very, we like, we love sound design. I'm an old sound guy. So that was, you know, I, I really made that an important part of my haunt. And what we would do is we would buy cheap computer speakers. We'd hook them up to first gen iPods. So that's about the time frame of this. And then each room would have like one or two songs just playing specifically for that room as you would walk through. It was long before you could do a full sound system and all this. It was a cheap way to do it. You know, that was us. We were always on a budget. And um, I started putting Midnight Syndicate, which is one of our favorite bands on there. Uh, they, they, they would let you legally use their music for free in your haunted attractions as long as you registered on their website so they could list all the great haunted attractions that had their music. And it was pretty solid. I love their music. It was really good. And at the time, they were the only ones really doing this. Uh, and uh, they had this vocalist that was incredible. And then, uh, and uh, one of the uh, 
I heard on the, a podcast back then, this is way back, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to, uh, which was meant for your iPod. That's where the term <laughs> podcast comes from. Most people don't understand that anymore. Uh, but they was a thing called Hauntcast, which was for home haunters. And they featured the music of a Destiny beard in one episode. And I reached out to Destiny and said, what? Oh, they have their own email address. I'll reach out to them and say, can we use your music? Because yours is even better. I didn't realize that at that point that she was the lead singer for Midnight Syndicate. So, uh, and that's when I got their C their first CD too. So, so that was the longest story in the entire universe. I'm sorry, <laughs> all long stories of me. I just want to point out we have her on the show to talk, and you just told the longest story in the universe <laughs> to get to Destiny Beard. So, Destiny, let's talk about when you started. Um, singing when did you decide to start performing like that because growing up in Renfair does not equal I'm a singer does that yeah, kind of thing it, it does not um so music was definitely a huge part of my life um between you know the soundtracks that my dad would listen to when he was painting um I would sit in his room for hours and just listen to everything that he was listening to which actually included a lot of Midnight Syndicate's work and at the same time my mom would be at home and she would be, you know, helping with the business or going around the house, even if she was like cleaning day or whatever. And she would be belting out to artists like Pat Benatar, Celine Dion. Um, she would even listen to some Renaissance music like Lorraine McKenna and Enya. And she would sing along to all of them. And I remember sitting there, I think I was six or seven and I would listen. I was like, I want to sing like my mom. That's the coolest thing ever. So that literally, that was like the biggest inspiration. Um, and then when I was 11, we moved to Pennsylvania. We originally um, grew up in Rhode Island. And when I moved here, they had a music program. And I thought, you know what? Let's just, let's see what happens at, you know, 11 years old. I was like, this should be fun. And so the music teacher gave me this little like 30 second solo. I'm on the stage. And the first thought in my head was, oh, I'm like my mom. I want to do this now. This is so cool. And that, so that was it. So 11 years old, I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I love that. But <laughs> you mentioned Lorena McKinnon and Enya and stuff like that. And you're not exactly, but um, you're not like a traditional pop singer. So for those that are listening, that's not <laughs> that. And it's not that you didn't Celine Dion that shit. So um <laughs> What made you choose that uh, type of music? Because I think your voice is so perfect for it. I know Mark would say the same. He's being quiet right now because he would keep gushing. But um, what made you choose like kind of going down that genre and going sort of an alternative versus going, I'm going to be a pop star? Um, I really, I mean, I liked when I was a kid. Obviously, I listened to all the pop bands. I mean, you know, being a millennial, that was just the thing. Um, and I enjoyed that kind of music, but I really, I do think, you know, the music that my dad would listen to, um, whether it was like the one that he listened to a lot was the Sleepy Hollow soundtrack. So I think that kind of like molded me into like the little goth girl that I am. <laughs> um, but, you know, listening to the music at Ren Fair, you know, listening to the, um, the minstrels walking through the lanes performing, I think that, that whole world really kind of drew me in versus the more mainstream I do there are some like you know more modern musicians and stuff that I absolutely love I think they do great music um but I just sort of 
I was just sort of more attracted to the more soundtrack ambient sort of feel. And so that's, that just really, that drew me a lot more than doing, you know, more mainstream. Now I have done like, I do like rock music. I love metal, like symphonic metal and stuff. And I tried to dab a little bit into that, but at the end of the day, I'm like, no, I, I'm just more, I think I'm more fantasy-esque, like dark fantasy, I guess you could describe it. Go ahead, Mark. I'm letting All you right. Well, well, since this is eerie travels, we've, you know, we've, we've, we, we're, we're, we're dancing in the dark here. So let's, uh, <laughs> Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know, your 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 turn to Midnight Syndicate. So yes, so uh, Midnight Syndicate. I mean, I I think the first album that I listened to was their Vampire album. Um, this was back in the late '90s. My dad had it because the gaming conventions that he went to, Midnight Syndicate was there, and so he'd collect their you know their albums over time. And so we went to one of the gaming conventions. I was. Um, I was a junior going into my senior year of high school and Ed Douglas of Midnight Syndicate was there at his booth during the summer. So I looked at my dad, I went, oh my God, that's one of the musicians. I have to go meet him. I'm like fangirling, like hardcore. So he takes me over. I introduced myself. We chatted, got a picture and everything. And I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot my shot. I'm just going to go for it. So I told Ed, I said, so I said, have you ever had someone do vocals to your music. And he said, no, we've never had that. And I said, do you, could I get your permission to do a cover per se of one of your tracks? And he said, sure, that'd be great. So the summer came and went, you know, school started up, got, I got busy in that. So it was, um, the winter break of my senior year. I went to the recording studio. I recorded, um, it's called cage of solitude from their Havergast asylum album, uh, gates of solitude. And I recorded that one. I didn't record any words. It was just vocalizing. So it was just like the one harmony track. And then there was an octave track above. And I sent that to him. I put it together as a video on YouTube. I uploaded it and I sent it over. And so, you know, some of the, some of my friends, some of my parents' friends looked at it and they're like, oh, this is really cool. You know, we didn't know you could sing, blah, blah, blah. So I get an email back from Ed. And the first line is, I need you to take the YouTube video down. And I went, oh, okay. Well, I tried, but like, oh no. So that's, of course, that's where my brain went. I'm just like, I've done something wrong. And then the next paragraph, I need you to take the video down because I want to do an album with you because this is incredible. So now I'm like freaking out. I'm just like almost crying because I'm like, are you kidding me? This is insane. Um, so technically speaking, I started working on that album and recording that album when I was a senior in high school. I was 16 and a half years old when I started recording that. And then a year later, um, we got everything finalized. And then at 17 years old, I had my first EP and it went all over the country. And then that's just, that's what started it. And then they invited me um, two years later, they contacted me. They said, all right, the fans have spoken. They want a full length album. So the EP was um, The Dark Masquerade, which basically in a, a summarization of it, it's the classic tale of the young woman being swooned into the vampire world and she doesn't know if she'll escape or become one of them. Um, and then the full length album, A Time Forgotten, that one I had more time, ah, no pun intended, uh, to work on it. And so I created a whole storyline there. Um, it's a little bit more like Victorian era, sort of like, like the turn of the 1900s. And so it's all about this hotel that catches fire and all of the guests inside, their souls are now trapped 
by this evil entity. And so I play this journalist sort of character that goes to the ruins of the hotel in modern day. I find the ledger in the hotel lobby and I've taken back to that time. And so throughout the CD, I have to try to figure out the mysteries of how people died. It's sort of like Haunted Mansion meets the woman in black meets like, you know, any kind of like classic Victorian story that I turned into a soundtrack. So that was Time Forgotten. Um, that was my full length album that I did with Midnight Syndicate. And since then, that sort of just launched my career into being the uh, the goth singer. <laughs> I love that. That's something one aspires to. What did you want to grow up, be when you grow up? I want to be the goth singer. <laughs> yeah, goth that's, singer. that's what I'm going to do. So what was it like the first time you performed um, truly with the band in front of people? So I actually, I never had an opportunity. Um, I haven't had the pleasure yet of being able to perform with them. Um, that would be really cool to do someday. Um, but what I did instead was I would have their backing tracks um, to go along with my music. Um, so the first time that I performed that, uh, it was in Indianapolis. It was at In Conjunction. Um, it was this smaller like sci-fi convention I was invited as a guest there um, by this woman, Kat Robertson, such a sweetheart. She was the first person that invited me to perform my CD at a convention. And so I was, I was beyond nervous because I had no idea, you know, this was a very niche sort of sound, you know, being a soundtrack meets Halloween meets vampires. And so I was like, I don't know how, you know, the audience is going to react. So I'm up on this stage the whole room was packed because they were doing the awards at the same time. And I was opening the award ceremony and I'm just, I mean, my knees were shaking. I'm just like, I'm holding the microphone for dear life. And I did, I did three songs. And afterwards, you know, people were coming up going, this is so different, but I like it. They bought the CDs and I was just like, okay, this is cool. I've created a market for something that hadn't really been done per se. Um, there are other musicians out there, other Gothic bands and stuff that have done work, but doing what I did with Midnight Syndicate kind of branched off from the Gothic music into more of like that soundtrack feel. Um, but that first performance, it was, it was exciting. I would, I would love, um, someday to be able to perform live with Midnight Syndicate. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I don't think that's ever off the table. It's just a matter of when our schedules can work together. <laughs> Wow. October's tend to be busy for people like us, and oh, yes, <laughs> and they're booked at, oh, at Cedar Point now is where they've been doing all their uh, live performances every Halloween. So yes, uh, yeah. Uh, but oh my God, with our good friend Michael Roddy, you know, producing, so which is always fun. So, nice. uh, but uh, I believe we're going to have to take a quick break, and to do that, we're going to need you to play us out. So all right, so all right. All right, and then uh, we will be back in just a few moments. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky. Horrible occurrences, almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia. Or the Goatman of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. 
And what of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock, or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio, to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. Okay, we're back. Are we? To talk about swag. So, um, as many of you don't know, as time, because we haven't told you, we actually are getting more and more Erie Travel swag. So when you go to events where Erie Travels will be, we have things like really cool stickers. We're going to have pins soon. And very, very soon, we will have t-shirts and stuff like that. So you can prove that you're a traveler. Because it will oh. say, I'm a traveler and with Erie Travel. So you can come and see us. Um, uh, you cannot accost us about the vampire episode. I'm just letting everyone know in advance. We only take positive <laughs> responses from the vampire episode at this moment in time. So and you can tell us your Mandela effect. That seems to be the number one for, for comments right now. So, oh, yeah. And very shortly, probably when this airs, um, up to our producer putting them on the spot right now we will have a discord launch so you can tell us your listener tales in um, the discord and we can share them anyway okay now we're going because people might not my people might be going so you just got your uh music singer to come on the show but no we got them to come on the show because there are some spooky stories so mark take away the spooky stories from destiny all right. Well, you know, Destiny, as we, as we were chatting, you know, back in the early days, um, you know, we'll we'll get back to how I got, you know, you know, and reached out to you for Hellview at one point. Uh, but uh, but uh, I understand you have some ghost stories for some of these Renaissance Festival things. So so lead I us on a tale. So I think the one that I get the most excited to talk about um I've actually never talked about it on a show before. This is actually the first show that I'm talking about this on. Breaking news. Play the music. <laughs> All right. Um, so this was um, while we were at our um, Michigan Renaissance Festival location. Uh, this was up in Holly, Michigan. So it was it was during one of the weeks during the Renaissance Festival. Um, my mom actually had drove up to Michigan to help me work the show. And it was also when we were doing the marketing for my Time Forgotten album. So we needed to do like a photo shoot because I had to have that sort of like Victorian look per se. So we had two different locations that we went to. Um, the first one that we went to was the Holly Hotel, which is very, very, very haunted, <laughs> beyond haunted. Where is um, the Holly Hotel? So the Holly Hotel, that was actually, it's, this whole, it's kind of ironic because when we went to the hotel, I kind of looked and I went, oh, this is like the hotel that I wrote in my album. Um, so it was built, I think it was built in the 1800s. Um, 
this whole area of Holly, it's a very small town. It's about 45 minutes from Detroit, um, but it's right outside of the Renaissance Festival. Um, so Okay, I found it and we're going to put it in the show notes. Apparently it's temporarily closed because it's getting restored. Yes. So, so that's, there's no way to stir up goats, like restoring a hotel they're living in. And that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that actually had happened a few months ago. It, um, it caught fire. Ooh. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, they are restoring it. They did get funding for it apparently. So that will be nice to see. And that's, um, that's not but, their first fire. That's the thing. That thing's burned a couple times way back in yeah. 1913 and stuff. So, oh yeah, yeah. It's that place has some history. Um. So so we went there. I called the place actually ahead of time, and I said, "Can I do a photo shoot in your hotel because it's the perfect setting um, for my album?" And they said, "Yeah, of course. You know, just put the. We'd love to have it in the credits if possible." And I said, "Sure, absolutely." So my mom and I go. We're taking pictures. There was no one else there that day. It was like a beautiful overcast fall day. And so it was just us in this giant hotel. And so we're taking pictures and everything. And I went to the one uh, behind the front desk where all the keys would hang for the rooms. And so my mom had said, hey, this would be a really cool shot. Go to grab a key and then look behind you like someone, someone said something or made a noise. So that sort of pose, like that sort of surprise look. So I did that and I turned and one of the keys fell that I was not holding. And I was like, oh, all right, well, that's weird. So I put the key back. <laughs> one of the one of the um, waiters came over, they're like, everything good? I'm like, that was not me. I promise that was not me. And they're like, oh, this hotel's haunted. You're fine. I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> I have grabbed that key. <laughs> I was going to say you chose the wrong key. So that's I what did. those I were like. Chose, yes. <laughs> they're like, no, you want to go to this room. Yes, exactly. Um, so that, that was the first thing that had happened, which was really, really odd. Um, so we went through, we took pictures and there was this sort of dining area. And in the back corner of the room, there was this beautiful oval mirror. And every time we would pass by it, I just kept looking at that mirror that it just kept drawing me. I have no idea why. And so after the shoot, they had like this like little lunch tea luncheon special thing. And so my mom said, why don't we, you know, sit and have lunch before we go to our next spot to take pictures. And I said, oh, this is amazing. Okay, cool. So we're having lunch. The waiter comes by and I keep looking over in that mirror. And finally, I swear to you, I looked over. My mom kept saying, why are you looking over? I said, there's someone in the reflection of that mirror. It's a man. He's very tall. I keep catching his reflection. So I'm thinking there's another waiter here because the gentleman that was waiting on us, I didn't see another waiter, but I could have sworn, I kept seeing the reflection. So finally our waiter comes by and I said, is there anyone working with you today? And he said, no, it's just me. And I just pointed to the mirror of the corner. I said, I keep seeing a reflection of someone. I said, I, I don't know if that's just me seeing things. He said, oh no, no, that, that is a spot where um, one of the staff died. And I went, oh, all right, well, this is, fascinating I said it's one of those like you keep seeing it out of the corner of your eye he said oh yeah we see it every single day and I went oh so this place is very 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 haunted um so after we had our luncheon you know I told him about my album told him about the storyline everything and he said well would you like to see one of the floors of the hotel they were renovating so they had it closed down he said but it is the most 
haunted spot in the entire hotel. Would you like to have a tour? He said, I'm not technically supposed to. He said, but I can take you as a quick sneak peek so you can look at it. And I said, oh, yes, 100%. So he took us up the stairs. I kind of had like a quick little peek. I could look down the hallway. And I said, what floor is this? And he told me the floor. Well, it was the same floor that that key fell. Uh... And I was like, okay, that's weird. So that was the, that was the spooky event that happened during the day. I have a question. Do you remember what the room number was? I know it started with a three. This is going on. This is, oh gosh, this is 11 years ago. I, I know it started with a three. I can't remember if it was like 305 or 315. It was one of those two numbers. Okay. I'm just saying for any travelers that want to go to this. When it it uh, reopens. Everybody yeah. start booking and, those booking those rooms. So. Yeah, go on the third floor and uh, yeah, look in the mirror. If they do bring, if they do, if they if the mirror can be restored or if it got you know yeah. lost. I know the, the painting is the one they're trying to restore. It was uh, was it Nora Nora Kane? The she's the like the famous ghost or the little petite ghost. And yeah. I guess her painting was in the lobby, and I, they're trying to restore that. So hopefully they. Well, say, they're also selling bricks so if anybody wants to gamble on which brick may have a ghost attached to it you can definitely order a brick and maybe bring that into your home mark that sounds like something you would do that's that's going on would be upset that you brought something weird and haunted back into the house so it's like a combo deal (laughs) if only only i could get a doll callie would love that so that was very cool (laughs) it's fine we don't need a doll yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hard pass on populating dolls in houses. So that is terrifying, and oh, that yeah. is a, but a fun travel spot. And especially when it reopens, I think people could do that. Um, more travel for the episode. All right, so yeah. so continue, Desi. Let's let's have another let's have another tale because that's amazing. So that was um, that was actually part one of the same day. Um, oh, good. Yeah this this whole thing happened in twenty four hours, and it was it was freaky. Um, so we were going to be heading to a cemetery next, of course, because all goth girls have to have a cemetery photo shoot. That's just what you have to do. That <laughs> just comes with the job. Um, so we were headed to one that we knew about. But on the way outside of Holly, there was a very small, tucked far back in um, surrounded by pine trees. There was another cemetery. So we kind of slowed down and we were like, let's check this one out. So this was getting towards dusk. It was getting a little bit, you know, kind of that like spooky hour. And so we said, let's stop here. And then if it gets too dark, we can always go back to the other cemetery the next day. So we stop at this one. We're looking through, we're looking at some of the, um, the gravestones and stuff. A lot of them, some of them were as far back as the early 1700s. It was incredible. And so we were looking through, we're just, I just pulled out my camera, started taking some pictures. So now it's starting to get dark. And in the back section of the cemetery, when it's all surrounded by the trees, the weirdest thing was the silence. That as soon as you walked in those trees, it just, everything stopped. It got even darker. So it's very spooky. The mood instantly changed. Um, And there's this beautiful forest behind the cemetery. There's no development, no houses, nothing at the time. So we're going through, we're taking pictures. We have our flashlight. We're looking at some of the gravestones. And my mom points back towards the woods. And she said, there's more stones back here. Let's go see what this is. Mm -hmm. So we're going through some of the trees, some of the bush and the thicket of all of it. And we see it's a children's graveyard in the backwoods. So now we're standing amongst all of these. That 
even if it's a beautiful sunny day, I have always felt being amongst child graves is just, it gives you such an uneasy feeling. So I was just like, this is, let's, you know, let's kind of keep moving along. So we start to head back and my mom stops and she said, did you hear that? And I was like, no. So we both, we both stood perfectly still. And she said, listen, and it sounded like, um, if you've ever been to like some parts of, um, Pennsylvania, if you ever got that far North, um, for like Amish country, when you would hear like a horse and buggy go by, or even like, if you went to, um, any historical site where they would have like the horse-drawn carriages, it sounded like a horse-drawn carriage. So now we're both standing there and I'm just thinking there's no road because the forest behind the graveyard goes straight down, almost like sort of like a mountain side. So there's no road. There's no possible way that there's any sort of carriage. And then the only other road now is about a mile away and it's just for vehicles. You can't have that sort of um, a horse and carriage on that road. So we're just we're both standing there and I'm hearing it. I'm like, this is absolutely incredible. And then it stops. So I thought, all right, this is, this is getting kind of weird. Let's, you know, let's head back to um, the, the main cemetery. So we're going back and I got my camera out. Now at this point, it's, it's dark. You really cannot see anything in front of you. But I could tell my mom was sort of in front of me. So as a joke, I had um, my flash camera. I told my mom, I said, hey, mom, turn around for a second. And so she turns and I took the picture. I saw a quick preview of it in the camera and I immediately took a second one because I didn't want to say anything, but like the pure fear that went through me, what was on that preview screen, I went, okay, that's not possible. So I immediately took a second picture. It's not there. So I didn't say anything. Didn't say anything to my mom. We finished up the, um, the investigation kind of thing. And then we, we drove off now at this point, it's super late. So we stopped to get dinner. We're like, we'll finish the photo shoot tomorrow at the other grave, uh, other cemetery. And so I'm going through the pictures and I said, okay, I said, I have to ask you a question. She said, okay. I said, when I took the picture of you, did you feel anything? Did you hear anything? Have any weird experience? She said, no, why? And I said, I saw something in the screen. And so that's why I immediately took a second picture. She said, what are you talking about? So I showed her the picture in the camera and we both, I mean, I still get chills thinking about it. I'll have to, I'll have to find the picture and send it to you. So it's a picture of her. She's standing in front of the tree line above her head is, and this is not, this isn't a dust particle. This isn't a water particle. This is, this is a very large swirling green mass above her head. And I, to this day, I have sent it to different, I've even actually sent it to some paranormal investigators to say, what do you make of this? And I have had several of them say, we don't, we're not really sure, but that's definitely not a fault of the camera, especially if you immediately took a picture right after and it's gone. Because you could see in the picture, there were other like reflections of like different, you know, like water drops and stuff. But this was like a swirling mass right above her head. So I showed her the picture that I immediately took after. We're both just staring at this camera thinking, there's no way, there's absolutely no way that you can make that up. And so that, I mean, that has stuck with us for years. We actually, we went back to um, that cemetery the next year. We tried to recreate the same thing. Couldn't get that same experience, of course. Um, but every time you go there, it just, it just fills you with this feeling of you are being watched. You are not alone when you are there. 
Um, and it come to find out that cemetery, um, one of the grave sites was the first general that was the, basically the right-hand man of George Washington. He's buried mm -hmm. there. And in the back where the children's graves were, in the last couple of years, they actually, the town got together and they gave them a proper burial because a lot of those were just left. So they actually, I visited it this last fall. They completely cleaned up the area. They have a beautiful sign for it now. And then they have another sign that talks about the fact that that was a pioneer trail. Ah. And so I'm just- there, Probably like, got a lot of layers there, so. Yes, yes. So it sort of all explained itself, um, but to this day, I have never been able to, I've never experienced something quite like that, especially with that figure. I mean, it almost, it just the shape of it and the coloring and everything was a very bright, pronounced shape. And mm -hmm. we still can't, we still can't figure it out to this day. But that's, I think that's like my ultimate ghost story. Um, so every time I go up to Michigan, I'm like, I wonder if I'll see that ghost again. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Thank you for sharing. Oh my gosh, that's so wonderful. So, oh my gosh, Erica, any questions real quick on that? Questions oh. on being haunted by um, people from pre... No, how about we don't take those things home? You got... Nope, you know how I feel about this thing. Nope, nope to the mirror ghost. Nope, hard pass, hard pass. All right, so, all right. And I love the fact that you're like, you know what? I should go see if I can bring this thing home again. Let's go back. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's go do this all over again. You know? And where was this graveyard? Where's the graveyard for the travelers? Right outside, right outside of Holly again. Oh, so so right, it's technically right the Holly Cemetery. Oh my gosh. And uh, and a note to travelers, reminder that all cemeteries close at dusk. Do not yeah. stay after sunset. That is, Don't do uh, what I did. I did a wrong thing. I'm sorry, Holly. <laughs> no, that's okay. Now you got that little hour window of dust yes. to, to, yep. to clear out. So it can be just shortly after, but you should be on your way out. Yes. So, well, uh, they, if, most cemeteries are private property and, and it's just like all national parks, all national, all state and national parks, unless you have a camping permit, close at sunset. So just, yeah. you know, just FYI, <laughs> FYI. CYA for us. But... <laughs> Yeah, but, no, and well, not only that, just if you're, if you're going to be respectful, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. we never want to hear about our travelers being disrespectful to a place or an area, obviously investigate, enjoy that. But if you want to do something after dark, reach out and talk to the owners or the caretakers and stuff like that. Cause a lot of times they'll be accommodating if you're respectful. So and just do that. And yes. for those that complain about, you know, goth girls going and you know imposing in cemeteries and goth boys posing in cemeteries and goth androgynous types posing in cemeteries it's i in perpetuity allow any goth person to come take photos at my grave whenever it is there so you are welcome uh to do that i i'm i'm putting as that out there as right they now have it approved by wherever you put your grave yep so that they're not breaking the law but please yep. goth girls goth boys goth anybody Go ahead and pose on Mark's grave. That's going to be awesome. We'll make a photo. Yeah, book we'll, we'll, we'll make a photo album there. So and, and we I'll, will. I'll, you'll I be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll put like some screen on my uh, on my grave so that you can just follow the Twitter feed of Mark's grave. I gotta Wait. I gotta block that in right now. So all right, uh, you know. So uh, but uh, 
All right. So, Dusty, I have a story about your your music haunting uh, Hellview. So we had been using your music for a little while. And um, I actually I think I reached out to you because Midnight Syndicate sent a poster every year you use their music if you registered. So that was cool. And uh, and uh, and I was going to use your music that year we had discussed. And I was like, uh, I was like, hey, do you have a poster? And you and your dad threw together a poster that was amazing. And I still have it, you know, uh, and it's going to travel with us to our new home. So nice. excited. But um, but we made a room just for Dark Masquerade. I'd been doing your music for a few years and we had done the post, you know, we had the poster up every year and uh, Callie will remember this, uh, but we did a, uh, a ballroom because I wanted to do the Dark Masquerade as a ballroom effect. And uh, we had one of our uh, wonderful actresses, Madison, she danced divinely in it. And we made this beautiful ballroom effect in my backyard uh, and went by an organ we had found, which was, you know, some Casio that we had found and we made into a pipe organ because that's what you do when you're a home haunter. But in that room, now we discussed on the kids episode where, you know, Beth and Callie talked about the Muncie ghosts and the Hellview ghosts. Uh, there were some, some, some strange things happened. And Madison told us one day that while she was dancing, she would dance with an unseen partner. It was kind of a joke because there's a ghost in Gulfport that dances, a male that dances with an unseen partner. So we were trying to make it, the, so she was stuck in Hellview and he's out there. Um, it was our tribute to that ghost. Sorry, long divergent stories I here. I love that. Love that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so she was dancing and at one point she was doing her bit and she saw the people come through uh, you know, and then was waiting for the next group to come through. And suddenly she turned and there was a guy, uh, a dark figure standing in front of her. And he reached out to her, like to take her hand for the song. And she thought it was one of the other actors that, because we got a lot of rotating actors would come in and out because uh, we were volunteer hunt. But then he, like when she reached out to see who he was, he vanished. So, and then she's like, got goosebumps the rest of the night. And then she said, whenever she danced, she would see if she would ask before, after that one, she would ask, does anybody want to take my hand for the dance? But that was your music, you know, brought that out. So. Well, that's the best story ever. <laughs> wow. So, that. oh my God. Your music um, summons the dead. So yes. that's the moral of this particular story. I'm, I'm gonna have to ask. Uh, I'm gonna have to ask Madison if it was a, if he had a top hat and was a the man in black. But you know, oh listen, stop God. trying to bring it back to that. Okay, I, like don't bring it back. <laughs> but I think that's that is really interesting. That is yeah. incredibly interesting that that happened. Did she ever see him again? No, she said she never saw him again but she could feel him occasionally. So, and is but, that, uh, is but that was song, the last year of Hellview. So was that the song Dark Masquerade, the title Dark track? Masquerade. Yep. Okay, so this is, this is interesting. So one of the lines is seeing his hand reach out to mine. Exactly. She's, oh! She's oh! And, yes. I have goosebumps. <laughs> I've been saving that story for death. this. I've been saving that story for this, so. Oh my God. Yeah. So the moral travelers is if you choose to do a seance, which I do not recommend, if you choose to use a Ouija board, which I absolutely do not recommend doing, 
Apparently, though, if you're going to violate any of these recommendations from your lovely host, Erica, here, one, not responsible for the fallout, two, play Destiny's music. Apparently, <laughs> it will be a guide for whatever wants to come visit you. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So uh, before I get into uh, the, uh, you know, the, the final news from Paranormality Mag, which we'll do here shortly, uh, Destiny, where can we find you? So best place to find me um, is my website, destinybeard.com. And it's destiny with an I, not a Y. So D-E-S-T-I-N-I beard.com. Um, you can see all of my latest projects, videos, covers. And on the website, there's a whole link, um, a link bar where you can go to all my different social media, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all that good stuff. Um, and you can also subscribe too. So when I have new and up and coming projects, you'll be able to be the first to know about it. Yes, yes. And it's amazing stuff. And uh, and I love when you host your chats with your dad on your Patreon lives for for his uh, for his Patreon. <laughs> if you want to see some fantastic, you know, uh, you know, Dragonlance and and, uh, you know, and, and all kinds of fantasy art, you know, definitely Ed Beard. Uh, or oh, is it artist Ed Beard Jr. Yes. Dot com? Yeah. So. Yep. That's the Patreon link. Yep. Yep. And that's and that's amazing, too. And I and that's just fun because you get to chat with Destiny. Yay. So, um, but. <laughs> Uh, Wait, but where, I, go ahead, Erica. I'm trying to find out what shows you're going to be at. This is probably airing, I think, in May. So, what well, I think in May. Let me look before yeah, I should speak be, should out be of turn. Of yes, no. it's going to air in May. So, um, when are you? Uh, what shows are you going to be at? Where can people come to the Ren Fair to experience the Ren Fair to find you over the next little bit? So um, in May, actually, I will be at the Tennessee Renaissance Festival. Um, I'll have uh, my tent there representing uh, my dad's art. So that is outside of Nashville. Um, that's in, it's technically, it's two different towns. It's Arrington, Tennessee and Triune, Tennessee. Um, but it's literally right off the highway. There's an actual castle that you can tour while you're there at the fair site. It's incredible. Um, so that runs every weekend in May. It does not run into any other month. It's just in May. Um, and then the next show after that will be my first fall show, which is again, the Michigan Renaissance Festival. Um, we'll be doing that from the 17th of August until October 2nd. So that's, those are the two next immediate shows that I will be doing for Renaissance Festivals. That is very cool. I'm going to pop over to the, me and Mark probably should pop over to that Tennessee one. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. That we'll, would be amazing. <laughs> we'll make that. We'll do a live appearance, which will mean nothing to anyone but you and your dad. <laughs> that would be I surprised them by uh, showing up at the, uh, the Ohio Renaissance Festival for their Christmas event. So yeah, that, oh. totally made, that made my entire weekend. I was just like, oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, was, that was too much fun. So we will yeah. bring you a sticker. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I must yes. have. No, that will be amazing. Okay, so that is awesome. I just think people should experience Renaissance fairs. I'm such yeah. a oh, Renaissance yeah. fair nerd. I I just go go meet see. Will they your CDs and stuff? Will they be able to buy your music there? Yes. Yep. I will have them there. Yep. There. See. 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 Okay. Awesome. Mark. Now I'll let you do the paranormality magazine. All right. So from our wonderful friends at Paranormality Magazine, which is paranormalitymag.com, uh, you know, use the code Travels to get your uh, 
uh, 10% off of any of their digital stuff, including the subscriptions or their swag. Uh, they have some really cool t-shirts now that I'm about to probably order one myself. But this is one of their headlines, uh, which is amazing. Tampa residents, my wonderful Tampa Bay, report UAP only to learn it was Taylor Swift. Yes, they discovered a uh, unidentified aerial phenomena. So let me read the article real quick. Taylor Swift era's, era's tour caused a frenzy in Florida after her concert produced a spectacular light show. The show features a reputation era set where huge beams shoot up into the air, creating an illuminated sky. Those from outside the stadiums thought it looked like a mysterious moving rectangle in the middle of the sky. So many spooked spectators at home documented what they thought was a UFO and posted videos to TikTok. Some were convinced it was a UFO until fans who were at the concert posted their own videos to clear the air. Uh, Swifties found the videos hilarious and joked about Taylor opening the gates of heaven during her performance. Uh, and uh, anyway, there's more to it. So uh, I just, and- I want to point out that t- Tampa was not Taylor Swift's first location she went to. No. She had been on tour for some time. And, you know, as somebody who truly does love Florida, but Florida, give me an effing break. Seriously, <laughs> this is why Florida man is such a big deal and why people make fun of Florida, because you're the only state that reported a UFO during Taylor Swift concert. Can we just look like we know what we're talking about what? for seconds? One of the TikToks <laughs> that just made me laugh so hard was the the, the guy, the lady, the guy's filming. He's like, oh my God, it's aliens. And the girl next to him says, honey, that's just Taylor Swift. And he's like, no, that ain't no Taylor Swift. That's <laughs> just, wow. I'm like it is 100% Taylor Swift. And this is why Florida, we cannot have nice things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Oh I will. I will say to throw this out there too, in no defense at all of our friends in Florida, um, it's alligator mating season. Yeah. Well, now by by the time this airs, it'll be long past. But I know. But trust me, between now and then, there will be many, many videos about alligator mating season for your viewing pleasure. Yeah, you'll hear the <laughs> man. Those things. There's a uh, Everglades Park. Uh, we were there last year, right in the height of it, and. Uh, when you're there and there's a hundred alligators all doing the same thing and then one big alpha decides to shut all everybody else up that is the most powerful thing you will ever feel i think it, it, you felt it, i felt it in my chest when he hit that i was like oh okay yeah well I'll shut up and again it went unnaturally quiet every animal in the, the place went oh damn sorry we, we pissed off the big guy so- <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing though Destiny, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It was so epic watching Mark fangirl over you the entire time. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me. And of course, I mean, I gotta, I gotta make a shout out to to you guys and to Mark for giving me an opportunity to do, you know, your intro and your outro, and then for the Erie Travels TV show. I mean that. Midnight Syndicate kind of gave me my in for the whole horror scene, but Mark, you have been instrumental in giving me my opening to custom soundtracks, to soundtracks commissions and theme songs. Um, Because of the Eerie Travels theme song, 
I was actually commissioned to do a theme song for a, um, an author for the Dark Gospel series. Um, his name is Michael Cooper. And because of that track that I did for Erie Travels, he then contacted me and said, I have to get you to do a theme song. So you have opened up for me that entire world now of a whole other branch of music that I can do. So that I have to thank you for. If only we knew somebody who owned a publishing company that does audiobooks. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> might, might commission you for more. So. Oh my God, no. Mark. And by the way, that was just a reverse fangirl. We just did a reverse fangirl. Oh, we did. Yeah, no, we did. <laughs> reverse fangirl. And one last thing, by the way, Destiny can be commissioned. So we've talked about where she's going to be. We've talked about, you know, finding her online, but you can always reach out video games, TV shows as discussed, whether it's just a soundtrack or it has her amazing, beautiful uh, vocals with it please reach out. We are tremendous. I am a tremendous fan. I've just been a closeted tremendous fan of destiny for many years. Your soundtracks are part of, cause I write horror like um, horror books and your soundtracks are what I listen to when I'm writing because like they're the perfect write and kill people soundtracks do not really kill people. I do it in fiction. It's illegal to do it. Otherwise I've looked yeah. into it. Yeah, there's Just, problems there. There's yes. Oh there are many can, I, can I use that phrase for my website? I, I have absolutely to kill people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. can. You, you've got legal permission right here. So there's another endorsement for your website. I love it. Well, thank yeah. you guys again. This is that I really appreciate it. And I appreciate the wonderful compliments. It's, it is an honor. Thank you. Well, oh, you are so welcome. So, so welcome. Anyway, Mark, take it away. All right. Well, well, as always, let's let Destiny play us out and we'll see you on the other side.